0: going on greetings and good day and welcome to the 137th edition of birds all day my name is drew fair service we are here into november the world series is over congratulations to the houston astros your 2017 world series champions uh as uh i don't want to say that i predicted it or that it i mean it's not it was not really a difficult well let me start start again. The Astros were good. <laughs> and on this show many, many times I said, man, that Astros team is good. That was a topic of discussion on, uh, with some regularity. As it turns out, they were good enough to win the World Series. Uh, but we're not going to talk about the Astros. We're going to talk about the Blue Jays, as we always do here on Birds All Day. And joining me, as he always does...
1: Uh, old Reliable. Old Reliable. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, the Astros were one of, like... Three good teams in the American League at the start of the year, basically, we kind of looked and you're like, okay, there's Boston, there's Cleveland, there's Houston. Was there mm. anybody else?: I'm just congratulating yeah. you on your on your prediction. way to go, s i over here.
0: I did predict it though on uh, on Valentine's Day, actually
1: Wow, wow well
0: I, I made a I made a rhyme um, that I shared on Twitter, and then I retweeted it last night smugly as only I can ever do as as I I think adding smugly to the I self retweet like I retweeted my own tweet that much is implied um but but I definitely like resurfaced my old uh tweet on Twitter that that said uh roses are red grass grows to the sky the Astros are going to win the World Series I want to die hmm, that's pretty uh, good and they and they did they did they won the World Series and it was uh, it was a lot of fun that series it was crazy uh 7 games one of them was uh, pure Unadulterated, like uncut insanity. Yeah. And then the last one, last two were a little bit more like rote. Game six was um, Dodgers just kind of won, and then game seven was uh, the Dodgers lost. You Darvish, his last start presumably for the Dodgers, last start of 2017, he uh, laid an egg, and the Astros punished him. And World Series MVP George Springer, um, looking like a goddamn superstar.
1: <laughs> Jays should have drafted him. <laughs> well, he was on
0: their board, wasn't that? Wasn't that the the, the, the talk this week? Did you make that point? Like, well, oh, he moved up their board.
1: No, Bob Elliott wrote a thing about how a scout pushed for him, uh, and that nobody would listen. And we're all like, oh, Italy plays guys from Texas and California. Like he, and he was like, no, we got to push Springer up our boards. He's a, I, this kid's got something, uh, and it was kind of shouted down. And uh, the Jays didn't draft him, but they didn't draft him because he was picked 11th, and they didn't pick till 21st, which it was not originally, uh, I believe, in the in the piece. Uh, and then, a, a, a quietly, a paragraph I believe was inserted to point out the mm. fact that, well, you know, yeah, they couldn't have done it anyway. Uh, but Elliot's point in the in the clarifying paragraph was, but the so many of the guys didn't have him until you know. Outside of the first round, you know, between 20 and 30 as opposed to 11. And clearly they should have had him higher, uh, these goons. But, but the big point I'm sure Elliot's trying to make is don't overlook those cold weather kids like our good Canadians. You know, you can't, uh, you're going to get burned overlooking somebody because of the weather.
0: That th- there's, there's so much to unpack there, frankly. Uh, I feel like that's like the best and worst kind of fishtail. Like sitting around the bar, being like, you know what, that George Springer kid, I knew, I saw, I knew when I saw, him. I knew when I saw him that he had it. And uh, those clowns, they shouted me down on this, in, in the in the dra- in the war room, but I knew, Does, I knew.
1: Do you think? Do you think that sounds like a conversation Elliot might have at the bar with somebody? I
0: I'm sure that uh, many many conversations <laughs> I had at the bar. I'm surprised that they're able to, to glean so much information considering, I, I feel like, the state of most of those kinds of conversations. Speaking about the bar, much has been made on this show, this podcast, which is, of course, called Birds All Day, which, is of course, discusses your Toronto Blue Jays, which you can, of course, support at patreon.com slash birdsallday. And we are thankful to everyone who's, who has done so um, at any point over the last two years, as here we get into the long, dark offseason. There's no baseball of which to speak. Um, we can't talk about Brandon Morrow pitching in every single game in the World Series, tying a record that will never be broken, um, other than the fact that Brandon Morrow is a free agent, provided he lives through the winter. Um, but I need to make a, I need to reveal something here. It's kind of going off-brand. Um, right now, I, of my own volition, am drinking an IPA. Wow. Yeah. And you know what? I don't care who knows it. I kind of like it. It's good. It's a good beer. It's a, well, I guess it's branded as like a beer from California. Mm -hmm. I think I had it at the, there's a place called Mad Mexican, like a Mexican restaurant that actually sells a lot of their salsas and things across the city. Um, And it's there in the west end of Toronto. And I had one, my wife had one there actually. And I was like, ah, beer's good. It's known to be good. She enjoyed it. She bought some. I had a couple. I like it. It's an IPA. Turning over new leaves here on birds all day. Uh, you know, now that we've been driven insane by the lack of playoff baseball for the first time in two years. <laughs>
1: oh, I thought you were going to say with a lack of beer sponsorship.
0: I can wait. <laughs> I can wait. Getting on that. We got the numbers. They got we got that, the people. They got that
1: big pitch talks tour to, uh, to sponsor, which we're, we're supposed to do some dates on there, but. We are. Well, we I, don't, well. I don't know if we, I don't know if we've confirmed any of them with anybody, but, uh.
0: Keep your eyes out if yeah, you are, absolutely. if if you're in a, in a, uh, outside of the Toronto, I think we're going to be doing some, some, a little bit of traveling, a little bit of driving. Um, but we'll be, uh, we'll be participating in, in a couple of those shows out and around. So keep your eyes posted on, um, we'll post that up on Facebook and on, uh, on Twitter, of course, uh, provided that they don't pull the plug on us at any point on a whim, because that's what those two, uh, entities that are bigger than uh, life are capable of doing. But uh, yeah, and then we'll come and we'll talk about the Blue Jays. Hopefully, there'll be some more to talk about. We're okay. We got some stuff to talk about today. Uh, Super bad, of course. As I mentioned, uh, Patreon. We are Patreon-driven show uh, where uh, our listeners keep us going and keep us, as I always say, living in the style to which we've grown accustomed. And for that, we are eternally grateful. And to thank, as a thank you, and as a, as a, I don't know something a little something extra for all the patreon subscribers we do an extra show uh patreon exclusive it's called super bad and if you are a patreon subscriber you can check it out um on the on our patreon page only if you're a subscriber and this week um uh, just in time for mlb trade rumors now the world series is over they released their uh top 50 mlb free agent predictions um Stouten and i are going to go through uh maybe the top ones and we're going to um poo-poo them probably. Or be like, oh, yeah, that makes too much sense. But so check out Superbad as Stoughton and I go through MLB trade rumors, top 50 free agent predictions. Uh, maybe we'll add some of our own, which will just be mostly saying, like, no, no, he's wrong. But uh, that's kind of the whole thing we've built here over like the last eight years or how long we've been doing this kind of stuff.
1: God, it has been a long time, yeah, when you consider all the iterations.
0: It's true. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit scary. Uh, speaking of a little bit scary, Something that's not scary at all. Something that actually might be uh, exciting. Uh, we'll start. We'll bring it back to the Blue Jays before we talk about I don't know Brandon Morrow um, becoming a Blue Jay again because I think that's a great idea. If there's one thing, a, ba- a baseball team that finished just out of the basement of their division, it's a, a reliever who's almost for sure going to explode at some point <laughs> because of an insane workload. Where I think uh, Dr. Mike Son, um, you know, Blue Jays guy, great. Uh, Uh, follow on on twitter it's for uh, baseball Prospectus toronto he said something about 30 percent of his annual workload has come in the playoffs which is uh, three weeks four weeks that's crazy that's a lot of workload concentrated in one uh small segment of the year Uh, but uh,
1: to a guy who you know maybe not is a doctor uh, (laughs) no not to not to mike to fucking brandon morrow to to an arm that is like uh at the best of times, you baby it, and it's still you're afraid it's going to fucking explode at any second.
0: It's not ever been his arm; it's been parts of his arm, you right. know, like the tendons in his wrist and the ligaments in his wrist and his, and his traps and lats and things and valley fever. God bless Brandon Moore. You wrote something really nice about Brandon Moore, but all he needed was to be healthy, and uh, that's on Vice, is it not?
1: It is, yeah, yeah. And so it's, check that out. It's true. It would have been. It would have been nice, wouldn't it, Brandon? It's so nice to watch him, and you know. The World Series did not really go so well for him at the end there. Uh, but played in seven damn World Series games, which was completely ridiculous. And uh, he
0: pitched really well in six of them,
1: he sure did. And uh, yeah, just you know, just to watch him pitch what uh, reminds you of what could have been. You know, it's just so effortless and uh, and so good when he's on. You know, it looked like it was really coming together for him. there was that one year, I forget, which, you know, if it was 2011, 2012, where uh, he's really fucking good. Uh, you yeah. know, that, that was the that was like one of the, you know, the way that 2013 so fell apart with, you know, the Josh Johnson and Reyes gets hurt and Dickey mm-hmm. and uh, Malky Cabrera is terrible. But, you know, you forget that Morrow was already here and he was supposed to be, you know, I think he pitched, he started the second game. Like he was... Uh, he was going to assume the mantle and, and be part of an incredible rotation. And he got hurt and was just never the same after that year uh, himself. So uh, it it's not, an unforgotten game. A, a forgo- a forgotten aspect of how terrible that fucking year was.
0: Uh, the second game, if I recall correctly, was in Detroit, was it not? And it was like a, it was, the weather was miserable and he was pitching.
1: Yeah, the, think... the radar. Yeah, I think this, I think that's right. I, I
0: think know. Miguel, I remember talking to him about the home run that Miguel Cabrera hit off of him, which was, like, off of the ground, like, off the plate <laughs> away. Right, yeah. And Cabrera, like, went down and, like, flicked it over the right field fence. And it was just kind of like, well, that's not normal, is it? And he was like, oh, no, no, that that doesn't usually happen. Um, but anyway, I did, what, no did, more Brandon Morrow for oh, now.
1: Did... did hmm? Did Johnson start in... Uh, I remember there was a radar gun thing in Detroit that year, too. Where it was like... Uh,
0: that might have been like the Maro- third game. Like
1: Morosi Yeah, it could have been the third game. I remember Morosi. Because they let... Remember,
0: then. they let Dickey start on opening day.
1: They sure did. They sure did. Because he well, was no, a Cy Young winner. So it couldn't have been the third game then, because that was at the Rogers Center for sure, right? That was... Where Pierre Jim- <laughs> and Sibia dropped all those fucking balls.
0: Right. <laughs> Right. But they did
1: play an early series against Detroit. Uh that is that in Detroit that's for sure and I, mm. I do remember do- uh, Josh Johnson uh Yeah, it was just trying to talk ourselves into like oh that's not alarming at all. That his velocity is you know low 90s as opposed to you know what everybody was expecting and hoping. When he was throwing
0: ninety-seven. Yeah, he had like a ninety-seven mile-an-hour two-seam fast like ahead of the game. You know, like <laughs> eight years ago or yeah. something. When it was like, wow, but nobody throws that hard and with that much movement. And now everybody throws that hard with more movement. Um, and how we spent how much time talking ourselves into Josh Johnson because he was able to get people to swing and miss still even though it was like swing and miss or like total rocket shot off, <laughs> like barreled up everything because yeah. he was just throwing slop up there every day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> all those those teams, those woe, woeful, woeful, you know, long forgotten uh, mid-decade Blue Jays teams, they played at the Rogers Center. There's a chance the teams coming up won't be playing in the Rogers Center as uh, as you... Andrew Stoughton for Blue Jays Nation, so dutifully covered that there seems like there's a bit of a movement, or there's at least some some rustling of leaves around the team, perhaps selling the naming rights to the stadium in mm-hmm. which they play, which um, is an interesting idea to play with, if nothing else.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it it's there has been little about this beside the uh, the one tweet from Bob Elliott that was basically just that was that, mm-hmm. yeah. Here the Jays are thinking about selling the naming rights. I mean, you look at what MLSC got for this Scotiabank Air Canada Centre thing. They got, what, $800 million over uh, over 20 years. It's Canadian funds. Still, it ends up being like $32 bucks a year for 20 years. Um, that's pretty good. That, that would certainly have to make you think. Uh, is, is the value to our brand of having the name Rogers Centre out there worth $32 million a year? Uh, and also it sort of feeds into, you know, I think we talked a little bit about last week about the sale, the potential, the ideal that the, that the Jays might, uh, or that Rogers might be looking to flip the team somewhere and, you know, not, uh, uh, you know, strip down to their core assets, their, uh, their, uh, telephones and, you know, their landlines and the teletype machines and all that, and the faxes that they, uh, that they trade in um <laughs> it could it, you know uh that would just get one thing sort of out of the way you know the rogers name's not on the building doesn't have to be part of the sale there's another contract mm-hmm. with somebody else and i don't know yeah it it seems like a revenue stream that uh that is not well exploited so the jays i would hope would be looking into a thing like that if they could get anything If they can get half of what the fucking mlsc deal is but why, why why limit yourself to just half it's pretty valuable property i would think
0: it is, and, and I think that it is instructive for the people of Toronto, or the people who, the majority of people who might be listening to this, to have gone through um, that experience with the uh, with the the arena that the that the hockey and the basketball team play in, uh, because of the you know it, the reaction to that made the case for doing it for any brand the the visceral reaction that that so many had with the idea of the arena not being named after an airline (laughs) yeah like it's such a it's to me it was such an exercise in like in like brand loyalty and and the idea of a brand where because air canada has canada in the name that it's it's they just wrap themselves in a in the flag in a way that it's inexorable like inexorable you can't You can't have one without the other. Such that when they just slap their corporate name on an arena, and it's there for long enough that people feel as though it belongs there and it should never leave, and the idea of changing the name has has got such drew such drew the ire of so many hockey fans. Let's let's say what it is um, that it's just like it's a it's a license to print money. Where if I'm selling it, I I just bring the headlines and bring the social the social listening uh sentiment analysis and be like look at how mad people got when this brand lost the name that could be you and look at all these all, look at all these mentions all this earned media you got um at the end not to mention the the, the non-stop references to your name so you're right like it it is it's it could be it could be so lucrative um where the only the only downside is that if you're rogers you, you get that as it is right you you don't have to pay anything for all of that brand lift which um, is to me is interesting, um, that that to find that the the plus or minus like okay well maybe maybe if you're Rogers you think that we they've maxed out, like they, they aren't going to get any kind of lift from that they're not getting any kind of push from having their name on the arena or on, on the stadium still. So you have to see okay, uh, can we can we turn it around and sell it? So it, it, it's basically like free money. Right, It doesn't it, cost them anything to do. It's just like, here's a bunch of money. Do with it as you will. We are happy to have our name slapped on the side of your building and associated with your ball club. So, uh, Well,
1: the other thing about that, though, is uh, is that the, the, exactly what you said about people feeling that a name belongs there and it's there long enough that that, that is what it is and having that visceral reaction when it goes away is that the, the Sky Dome already has that name they already have a name that people in their hearts feel that you know it's sacrilege to call it anything else uh so that will make it difficult i mean that's sort of what i wrote about uh the idea that uh because originally initially as soon as the idea came out it's like maybe somebody will call it the td skydome or the fucking the BMO Sky Dome, you know, something that, mm. something that 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 would be to me that would be a gift to the fans. It would be a gift to the front office who could be like, look, we did something that you can't possibly hate, uh, and uh, and and you know, immediately people were saying, you know, well that kind of defeats the purpose. People will just call it the dome. It'll you'll never. But uh, you know, I I found the example found as though I did a god goddamn research project. You know, there's the example of the TD Garden in Boston. Uh, Mm -hmm. where that was the old building's name. That's what people would want to call the place. Uh, And it wasn't originally called that. And then they eventually put that name on it. And it's fine. And TD saw value to doing that. And uh, Mm -hmm. that's where I would hope that uh, they can marry those two ideas together, getting corporate sponsorship and reverting somehow to the Skydome name. Not that I care, to be perfectly honest with you, but there are a a lot of people out there who... uh, do the same thing, but even in a, I think even in a deeper way, do the same thing as they, the reaction that they had with the ACC, uh, because it wasn't corporate, and because it was Rogers taking over, perhaps. Uh, so that's I also wonder, you know, how much Rogers gets out of it. I mean, I, obviously they get something out of it. They, they, they can't just be like, well, everybody hates us, so we can't put our name out there. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, it is not exactly uh, a well liked name. Like if you're if you're really thinking about how uh, how that plays. I mean you go. The, the people just are so attached still, all these many years later, you know, it's been over ten years for sure. Uh mm-hmm. since the Skydome went away and, and uh if they brought that back just win, just win everywhere. Win for everyone everywhere. Uh so that's probably why they won't be able to do it, because it just makes too much sense to me.
0: It makes a lot of sense. Um But I I mean uh, provided that there's um You know, that that money... The only reason that we would care about that is if it means money that's going to get put into the team.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and if
0: the money's not going to get put into the team, well, then who cares what they call it? Those greedy bastards are just pocketing all that cash.
1: I would even even be okay if, you know, allowing for Rodgers to take some as compensation for getting their name off the building. You know, it's like, oh, we we, we you think it's worth five million bucks a year? Sure, take that and the Jays get the rest. Uh mm. even though that's, you know, bullshit, still that's a that's a win all the way around. That's a win even for Rogers. That's if you get the damn Skydome name back, the Jays get more money. Uh you know, the only losers are the suckers paying fucking $6 to go to an ATM or fucking all the bank fees we all get fucking screwed out of.
0: <laughs> uh, as I was going to say, in the fine art of, uh, of segues, speaking of uh, taking something, you know, taking the money for themselves, uh, it looks like the Jays took a significant step to staying in Dunedin in terms of the club's uh, Florida home and spring training facilities. Um, as you, again, at BlueJaysNation.com, covered uh, so closely as uh, the Jays spoke <laughs> in front of the Dunedin City Council, trying did- to get some money. The Jays are showing up with their hat in hand. They're selling, na- they're selling nothing. They're selling something that's completely intangible. <laughs> they're selling the name on the stadium uh, for millions of dollars, p- potentially. But here they are asking the people of Florida for money. They're like, hey, Dunedin, Florida. You hotbed of commerce, you. Can you? Can we have some money, please? Otherwise, we're going to leave. Um, which, just in case you felt good about <laughs> cheering for professional sports for a few minutes, uh, taking like money out of out of the pockets of of uh, people who probably need it.
1: Well, the, but, the the Dunedin people will tell you. I don't know that. Uh, say the math backs it up, but they will tell you. That you know, there's a huge economic benefit of having the team there. They really say they feel it in their mom and pop stores and in their bars and in their hotels and and everything else. And if they saw the, the stadium move to you know adjacent to the Phillies in Clearwater, for example, that's a you know that's another community that's another tax base that's not getting the the same revenue. They uh, you know lots of people have written a lot of things on the. Uh, on the cynical, smart side of things over the years, you know, about how that's all bullshit and teams just basically steal from uh, from communities and from different tax bases. But uh, the Dunedin people, uh, you know, it, it, be, it goes beyond just the civic pride. They think that there really is a, a giant economic benefit to having the Jays there as opposed to Arizona or a adjacent community. Uh, so they, you know, I was seeing it being sold as this is a $5 million investment from the city and it's, you know, 40 from the County and 13 from the state and and 20 from the Jays or however the numbers add up, Uh, you know, for the city, it's like, Oh, this is this investment, but it's going to bring in so much more than just that. Uh, You know, at that level, when you're only paying $5 million of an $81 million project. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that makes sense, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But that's where it is. It's, they, they passed it. The city passed it. They were very enthusiastic. They wanted to keep the Jays. Um, the county next has to vote, but it sounds like that's all kind of like rubber stampish kind of stuff, mm-hmm. perhaps. Uh, which is nice. You know, people uh, people like the Jays being in Dunedin. Uh,
0: I get that. And there is some value, obviously, in kind of retaining this piece of, of club history in terms of this is the only place they've ever been. And it's getting up on, you know, 40, more than 40 years now. So there there is, it's not just a marriage of convenience anymore. It's it, There's a connection. Hopefully there's a connection. And hopefully, you know, obviously all all the things that the city of, or the town of Dunedin is saying, municipality of Dunedin, whatever you might say, um, would all be true if if the Jays said, they're going to walk and then the Nationals or whomever else, the Astros, I know that they were working together to get a new place in like a Winter Garden. Or wherever, where Palm Beach, but uh, if they said they're going to move in, and of course, then Eden would welcome another team with open arms. But hopefully, um, it's nice to 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 have a something of a constant to have a, have a that that is the place where where Blue Jays fans can go, and they have gone for the almost half a century now. Um, you know the Dodgers left Vero Beach, so nothing is is too sacred. But uh, I don't know, it's kind of cool. If nothing else, it's kind of cool. And if they can get some money to bring the the facility up to snuff, so that there aren't random sprinkler heads busting up the knees of important players, uh, I'm all for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's kind of where I am. By the Edward, way, Mark Stroman.
1: Oh, sorry. Oh, go mm-hmm. for it. Go for it. I was just gonna say the way the Jays will say it. You know, not just up to snuff world-class facilities gonna get that high performance department a real home you always hear uh Shapiro have to catch himself he's like oh we want to make it the home of the blue uh, the 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 off-season home of the blue jays <laughs> but it's really i mean that's going to be where their operations are run it's close to you know the their uh, base in the dominican and the dominican league and you know they've got the the florida state league team and the gulf coast league team and Spring training's there, rehab is all there. I mean, that's 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 what that's gonna be. I mean, we're you're not supposed to say that's the home of the Blue Jays, but that's what it's that's what it's gonna be. So you know, thank you to the fine people of the hurricane ravaged state of Florida.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's just me, but when I think world class, I think Central Florida <laughs> all the way. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing I was gonna say was uh. As an aside, I mentioned Marcus Stroman in passing. I, refer, I referenced Marcus Stroman's injury. Uh, Mark Stroman and Ryan Goins are on vacation right now in Europe. And uh, let me tell you, it looks like they're having an unbearable time. <laughs> uh, it's just, I can't do it anymore. I can do it. I will continue to do it. But uh, actually, you know, shout out to those two guys and their friends. Mark Stroman being like, "I'm that's my best friend. We're in the Mediterranean Sea. Having the best time of our lives which is great in fact he bought a nice house this is the marcus Stroman uh lifestyle update he bought like a scarface ass mansion in florida somewhere <laughs> <laughs> i don't now think in... uh i
1: don't think greg zahn's gonna be invited to the housewarming i'm pretty sure
0: if you bring i the house j- might just be gaudy enough for greg zahn so they <laughs> maybe they'll have something to talk about about, about italian marble and topless statues well they're both
1: they're both so alike you know they're both they're both flashy they both speak their mind uh they're more alike than i think they realize
0: greg zahn was never as athletic a ball player unfortunately
1: do you mean what euphemistically
0: anyway moving on yes uh one thing uh i want so what we'll say was this is the offseason so this is the time of uh, kind of transactions and transactions big and small. Uh, the Angels, the California Angels or Anaheim Angels, kind of kicked off the offseason in some ways by uh, signing Justin Upton to a contract extension. Five years, I believe. of What was it? 105 million bucks or something like that? No, yeah, it's got any more than that.
1: I think it worked out to something like that, wasn't
0: it? Oh. Uh, so after Upton, of course, opted out of his deal. Uh, or I don't think I think was it was a great think, season.
1: did he opt he didn't technically opt out I think that was the thing right it was Oh like no this, it was like an extension and they just added an extra year onto Oh interesting deal. I think that's how that worked I think it was like he you know he otherwise would have opted out
0: mm-hmm. uh, But I think well, that's, he's very that's good how that and he's coming off a great year and he's a and he's been good for a long time and uh uh you and I we consider talking a little bit, getting a little bit more in-depth into his deal, but I don't think we're going to do that necessarily. But uh, Ben Nicholson, what I will say is that this is the time of year when all that kind of stuff is going to happen. So uh, had he opted out, the chain of events that that would have followed has uh, changed quite a bit over, over the last couple of years. Under the new CBA, the qualifying offer system is quite different. Um, I don't believe there are any... Blue Jays free agents who are staring down the barrel of a qualifying offer. Call me crazy. I don't think they're going to offer one to Jose Bautista this year.
1: It does not seem like that's going to happen.
0: No, but uh, so Ben Nicholson-Smith throws something really inter- kind of broke it all down for Sportsnet. He talked about the changes uh, to the system where it's not just uh, as cut and dried as if they get a deal oh, oh, that's over $50 million <laughs> excuse me right right or under $50 million basically it's now it has to do with the the team's status if the team receives revenue sharing then you surrender your third highest draft pick for for signing a qualified offer free agent um or if you lose a free agent uh to you know who you offered a qualifying offer depending on how much money that they signed for so Ben, in, in his story and on Twitter, Benny Fresh has got a handy little chart that shows the way that it works. Uh, that I think it's really worth the, if you are a, a baseball fan who loves to follow the stuff really closely like you and I do, it's really like kind of required reading is to try to get your, yeah. wrap your head around the, the changes in the system. Again, I don't think that too much of it um Uh, impacts the Jays this year. I don't believe personally that they're likely to sign anyone who will have received a qualifying offer. doesn't seem like a they're in the market for any of those players and B that's not really the modus operandi of the current front office. Again, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I don't know that that's something that they're going to be rushing out to do given the state of the team.
1: I think you're right there. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I like the caveat. I like the given the state of the team, Because I will give them a little benefit of the doubt uh, that a lot of fans won't, which is that, you know, maybe if the time was right, they would do a thing like that. But some people seem to have this idea that, no, no, they're always just miserly going to be pocketing money and never spending on free agents. They're giving us this bullshit about, you know, building a team through the draft and developing players and doing the things that everybody actually has to do anyway.
0: Yeah, one day. One day. Maybe not this day. And speaking of Sportsnet, uh, Shai Davidi uh, wrote a story today about uh, how the Jays face a significant challenge to to return to contention. uh, Which is a, a bit of an understatement. Or is it an overstatement? I don't know.
1: I don't think it's I an know. overstatement. No, I, they got, they've got some work to do, I think, on the uh, this winter, right? I mean, that's part of what Shia's piece was about. I, I, I wrote about it today. I wrote about how he talked to with Jeff Blair and Stephen Brunt about, among a number of things, about Vlad Guerrero Jr., but also about the 40-man, uh, Connor Green, some of the guys I, which I'd, I'd mentioned uh, in a post the day before because they uh, outrighted Cesar Valdez, uh, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. Uh, Cesar Valdez, the, the, the Daryl Siciliani and, oh, poor, poor Bo Schultz, probably trying to get sorrows yeah. at the Turkey's nest right now. I'm sure. Um, mm. uh, yeah. So he, he, he wrote a bit about that or, sp- or spoke about that on the, on the thing as well. There's, there's going to be, there's going to have to be some movement. You know, they've got a, they've got a bit of a full 40 man right now. You know, there's, they are i'm sure going to be protective of the assets that they might lose and try to get something that they could use for some, someone that they they feel is going to be taken in the rule 5 or that they might otherwise have to get rid of in order to protect somebody else in the rule 5 so we could see uh some deals some small small deals probably uh, if we're being honest in the next uh, in the next couple weeks it's uh i, I, inter- I was going to say it's going to be interesting i guess interesting is fine that's not like <laughs> That's not like getting too You're excited not about it. it. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, but uh it's strange. I you know, the more I think about it, I think about it a bunch. It's kind of my job and like I really don't know, you know, I don't know where which way they're going to go. Like I feel like there's positions where they could totally blow it up, you know, left field, blow that up, right field, get somebody new do do some things, do some things that uh, out on the uh on the trade market most likely and then maybe the free agent market, but then also they they could probably just stay the course with the scums that they got and uh, and still plausibly be, you know, not all that bad. You know, there's a few spots where they need help, obviously, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It's like if Carrera goes, if they do something with Steve Pierce, then that's like a domino that's going to set off a bunch of chain reactions, I think, um, which they might prefer to avoid. I don't know.
0: I think that... I- I saw someone talking about this, uh, a tweet to this effect, and I think the Jays are are in a similar position. Um, to you look at the Astros, and obviously the big names are the the great players that they that they drafted and developed, right? Correa and Springer and Bregman, and uh, most not maybe not most of all, but like most notably Altuve, right? Like, yeah, just to have been able to, uh, they deserve a lot of credit for for identifying his talent despite his diminutive stature but he of all people deserves a ton of credit for just continuing to improve and turn himself into like one of the best players in baseball to so, like a guy that i i would not be shocked to see him become a literal hall of famer yeah because he's so good and his numbers are so good but the pitcher who closed the game out for the Astro <laughs> and who was unhittable and it was i think Sol- no dave cameron wrote about this on fan graphs today was charlie morton they used to call him Ground Chuck when he played for the Pirates, of course, and his famously ripped off Halliday's, not ripped off copied Halliday's uh, uh, windup and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and you need guys like that. You can. It's obviously crucial to have big players. Uh, you know, big big guys that you draft and develop. But between him and you, look on the other side of, of the field, and like a Chris Taylor, these guys who there's something about them. Then the team identifies, and then the player themselves are 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 instrumental in in actualizing and, and optimizing and, and becoming great and the the jays i think you know if it's ne- next year or the year before obviously you need to hit on a few guys like that and, and i think that marco Estrada is an example of of you know we don't have to look not only to the future but to the past the jays have been able to do that they've do- they did it with Estrada, strada right they they identified a guy that they think could could have been a more of an asset in um, maybe we're giving them, cr- giving credit where it isn't due, but Estrada and even Hap, right? Yeah, Seeing yeah, what the Pirates saw in Hap and then the Jays have been like, yes, that is real. It is worth a three-year contract and he's going to be worth all that and more in the first year of that deal and, and such that that they're playing with house money with J-Hap now and whether or not they have to turn around and make another move depending on the way this year shakes out. But, but it's... You know, it, it, it takes a it takes a village. I think is kind of what I'm going for, and and, and uh, sometimes guys stall out, and sometimes they stall out at the big leagues when they're when they're marginal or they're average, and or you know the these Connor Green types or a rowdy Telez, guys who maybe don't hit like you want them to hit, and then you, they get to this crossroads in their career. Um, hopefully, the Jays are are able to put themselves in that position, and and we joke about the high performance team and joke about turning, you know, uh, some. Uh, bog in Florida into a world-class class facility. But that's what it takes, right? That's what it takes to 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 build a winner is is a you know, identify the the, the top high-end talent but also drag some other bodies along for the ride. And uh I I I think I have I have belief that the Jays are 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 capable of doing that. Are capable of 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 identifying some some maybe under appreciated talents and turning them into something i also think that they have the the ability to look at somebody and be like yeah just because he throws 100 he's not ever going to become anything because he's doesn't want to learn and doesn't want to get better and doesn't have doesn't have that killer instinct to to put that work in but but who knows who knows nobody knows that's the whole thing and and that was that that was the kind of main thrust of dave cameron's piece today like nobody knows nobody knows how good anybody can be Uh, yeah
1: no yeah that's a good point (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, going back to as you, you quoted uh, liberally here uh, Stephen Brunt and Shia and everyone talking about um, the idea of Vlad Guerrero maybe getting some run in the big leagues in 2018
1: yeah that would Which, be uh, I mean that's a thing we've talked about a bunch and it's easy to sort of dream on I don't know how much sense it will make but what I thought was interesting about it was that they were you know these are guys who talked to Atkins and saying eh, you know Brunson like, I think he wavered a bit maybe on on a position where even a few months ago would have been, nah, there's really no way that that's going to happen. Uh, or he just, you know, he's just so advanced as a hitter. He's just, he just did so well, you know, it just was unfazed by the move up to uh, a league. That's pretty, you know, that has a reputation as being a good pitchers league in the, in the, the Florida state league. Uh, and just being like the youngest player in the league and, as he was in the Midwest league and being fucking amazing again. Uh Though I think I think Shai made a good point though, uh, like in a mid sentence uh, thing that didn't really they didn't really stop on and, and and hammer. But he was like you know if he shows the same amount of progress next year as he did this year, then yeah that that's going to be a thing. But it seems almost unfathomable that someone could uh, you know that he could just keep going like a goddamn rocket and and continue to get you know. Better, uh, uh, in a well, I mean, he could get better, but uh, just even to maintain this performance, as he you know blasts through uh, more difficult and more difficult levels, yeah, uh, it's asking a lot, um, obviously. So, uh, but I mean, that's uh, asking an
0: insane amount. <laughs> it
1: really kind of is, yeah.
0: <laughs> I uh, mean, what do what you want, right? Like, wh- that—that's this is the question. This is the question that that differentiates between like. Those who get paid, like the, those who make these decisions as a job and those who kind of spitball from the sidelines where if you are a professional baseball evaluator, you have an idea of what it's going to look like other than he still hits good against better pitchers. But like to me, I can't I can't think of what you could ask of in terms of what you, to be better uh, to to hit at that same level as he as he moves up against more advanced pitching. Sure. But the manner in which he has hit against this advanced pitching, and maybe I'm laser-focused on, like, a Travis Snyder, right, who obviously hit everything on the way up. But there were, you know, especially with the benefit of hindsight, there were red flags. He did strike out a lot, you know, for, for certain levels. You mm-hmm. know, struck out a lot for the level, for the time. But, like, Vlad doesn't doesn't do that. Everybody yeah. strikes – more people strike out more, and he strikes out less. Like, it's just um, – He's he he's a marvel. That's,
1: that's the thing, yeah. The pitch recognition and the ability to, uh, to not strike out to it, like, yeah, it is, uh, it's something else. I, I mean, and I think that's exactly where this is all sort of coming from. Uh, um, and you know, Brunt said during the exchange, you know, well, he's got to have a position, and Shai's like, yeah, they could maybe find a position for him uh, if he if he does that. I mean, does he start in Dunedin? Do we think? I don't even, you know, there's people who think more no way. about Jay's prospects. Than I do, but yeah, I think right. You start him in in New Hampshire, and and that's you're already real close right there.
0: Well, I I can't help but think that that is where he starts will will kind of dictate where he goes, and if he shows up and he's still in good shape, and then he is barreling everything in spring training because obviously he's going to get a big league invite, right? Yeah, to yeah. invite to big league camp.
1: Got to get him to Montreal. Got to got to play in those games.
0: Oh my god, obviously. But <laughs> but if you if he starts the year in double A, that's like one hundred to me, that's hundred percent he's on the big league track in twenty eighteen. Because you don't start him in you don't start him there other than to drop him off at Buffalo to sell some tickets a couple weekends in a row. <laughs> yeah, basically. And to like, okay, now can you shut up and leave us alone for a while? Like we've 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 done right by you, Buffalo Bisons. You get you get a bit of a Vlad bump. Over a couple home weekend series, against you know on on a not long weekend, whatever it is, and then and then again depending on how things depending on how things shake out with the big league team, he can either be there like as oh he's going to inject a, inject some life into the to the offense that maybe they they would need at that time, or it's like well you know send in the clowns, bring in the kids, here they go, get him some runs, see how he does. It <laughs> can go either way.
1: Now, do you think? Even I mean. Is he so? Is he so certain to be, uh, in the big leagues on the, uh, the the next year, like Opening Day 2019? That you don't worry about you know the service time thing, or about like uh, if you bring him up in, in August, then he's going to start the year with the you know, you could manipulate his service service time theoretically in 2019, uh, you know keep him down for those first couple you know few weeks. Uh, to push off his free agency by a year—is that at all part of your calculation here, or is it just he's just going to look stupid because he's just going to be so, yes, obviously knocking on the door, obviously busting that fucking door down.
0: I think that he, judging by everything that we've seen and everything that has been written about him and discussed about him and the breathless scouting reports and the insane prospect helium that he's shown this year. If you're worried about a guy like that getting to Super Two or, or, or whatever, I feel like that's just like a, mis, a misuse of your own, of your energies. And maybe he's the kind of guy that that if, if he is as good as we think or it is thought that he could be, maybe he's the kind of guy you shove a contract in front of after you know a year in the big leagues and be like, sign this, and you know we want to keep you as a blue Jay for a, a, as long as is conceivable um at that time because he's still another thing is he's so young right so it will be like here take this we'll pay you you know not we won't send you through arbitration and then you can hit free agency when you're 26 or 27 right don't don't let him go year by year like bryce harper because he'll, presumably he'll play more than 100 games a year <laughs> and uh and then you, you know bob's your uncle
1: 26 or 27 That's too that's too soon we need we need more
0: but you don't want him to go to free agency then
1: no, I wanna I want him to be to like like thirty five, thirty six.
0: Okay, oh, well yeah, but yeah. if you bring him up now and you can say yeah. you can either get to free to see a twenty six like you like trout, right? Where like here's you can have an opt out. you'll be the highest player paid player in the game at some point for a little while. And then uh you can. We
1: are talking about insane things now. It's it's, it's insane things. It's weird. Crazy though, things. It, I mean it's it's it it doesn't feel like it is insane, but it's also like I don't know. This might be that like that one guy. The it might he might really be that one guy. Uh, people seem to like him. The Jim Callis throwing, you know, first father son Hall of Famer duo on him as an eighteen year old or nineteen year old. You know, you know that's that's someone who gets paid for his ability and his reputation as somebody who can evaluate prospects. I mean, I don't he got
0: hired much. away from, from, from baseball America.
1: Yeah, no, he's right? not, he's not just a blowhard making, you know, trying to make sound bites on TV. It's, uh, no, he,
0: he got hired by the twins as a, to be a scout. Good for him. I believe he was like with uh, baseball America for the long haul, like almost the entire run. But uh, but anyway, I I look forward to us talking about nothing for the next year, other than when is Vlad gonna be up <laughs> and when is Josh Lawson gonna get traded? As though, as, yeah. you know, those two things somehow, some way, they just might be related. Hmm. Uh, you got anything else? Anything else we need to talk about? IPAs? Justin Upton?
1: No, I, you know, IPA. I, I, I remember you said that. I still don't really get it.
0: Joey Votto was on, been on was on TV apparently. Blake Murphy, your friend and mine, wrote about it for Vice. But he did, yeah. He uh, did. I didn't see it because I um, watch MLB TV, so I don't get to see the studio show. If I'd known that Joey Votto was going to show up in a pair of slip on Vans and no socks and talk about hitting, I would have I would have <laughs> signed up for cable. I, they would have taken my money. But
1: uh, yeah, so, sadly, I didn't see it. Same reason, didn't see it. MLB TV. Uh, it feels like perhaps a mistake to uh, tease the Canadian fan base with uh, with Joey Votto, who should be a Blue Jay, obviously.
0: It's interesting to me that he's doing TV, considering he's so very, very wealthy. I mean, like so. It's it's,
1: it's almost it's almost like he's a crazy person who just can't stop talking about baseball. Maybe I don't know.
0: Yeah, but it, I just it's it was fun for him and I. I I think Blake noted in his piece that obviously it's his first time, I believe, doing TV in that yeah. capacity, sitting there in a suit, being paid to talk and try to find that kind of word to idea efficiency, which can be a ch- which is challenging for anyone, especially when it's your first time. And uh, if he was to pursue it, I'm sure he would pursue with the same veracity that he pursues the art of hitting that has turned him into a. a well, he's a Hall of Fame hitter. Like, there's not. Too yeah. much debate about that. He might go down as the best Canadian player of all time, um, which is probably going to might. Might he might?
1: He well, might. you're right because Vlad Junior was technically born in Montreal. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, he's terrific. The only thing that I, I always wonder why, like the TV should be full of guys who were okay. The fact that there are all these Hall of Famers, and it's it's not just baseball. Right, I mean, John Smoltz is is in there doing games every night, traveling the country, traveling, uh, and he yeah, like he's as yeah. good as anybody ever was. Like he was such a good player, made a lot of money, I I presume. And there he is out there. Uh, nobody more. He may,
1: he may he may like the sound of his own voice. I don't know if you've listened to that booth very much.
0: I don't. I I like Smoltz as long as he's not talking about creating runs. <laughs> if he's breaking down pitching, like he was instantly. Uh, during Game 7, he was like, nope, Darvish is getting underneath. He's getting underneath with the breaking ball. And he, that he, was great. He yeah. unleashed some, some very uh, on-point conversations, but then he starts getting on the Dodgers. I mean, sure, yeah, like Cody Bellinger turned in some trash at-bats, but sometimes he just gets, it gets a little bit overarching. Like, he le- reaches a bit too far. But then I love talking, listen to but, him talk about pitchers hitting because he just like, revels in it. He's <laughs> just having such a good time with it.
1: But you're right, yeah. A guy who does not need to make money. Is out there. Jesus Christ. All the time. Alex
0: Rodriguez is on TV having the time of his life. Man made like half a billion dollars playing baseball. Frank Thomas in the Hall of Fame. Like Shaq. Do you know how rich Shaq is? He goes out there and does TV like four nights a week. Shaquille O'Neal. Charles Barkley. Richard the Charles Barkley needs the money. But nope, Shaq doesn't need the money.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, you know. What else are these these people going to do with themselves? It's like it's like the Keith Richards thing. Like yes, they they keep touring. Well, he would say, not for the money, surely. They just die without uh, doing that one thing that he knows how to do. I don't know. I get that. I
0: get that. I, Alex Alex Rodriguez, of course, future uh, manager of the New York Yankees. One hopes. Oh man, I want nothing more in this world. <sighs> I think that's it. I think we've done pretty well. Yeah, we've been at it for for nearly an hour here. Not too much else to talk about. We talked about Alex Rodriguez. We talked about Joey Votto. We talked about Facebook as a nation state. Uh, it's been a big day.
1: <laughs> was that on the podcast?
0: Was it? It was a little no, bit. Was, we made it passing might have reference.
1: Been Did you? Did we?
0: Okay. Bruce Arthur actually had a has a really good uh, really good tweet string all about. Um, he just linked to a bunch of interesting stories and he f- finished with that uh, that you are the product London Review of Books story which is uh, horrifying and uh, a must read for anyone who wants to figure out what's going on. Not you, You're not going to figure it out. We're all just just <laughs> filthy pigs rooting around in the dirt. But, uh, but yeah, Facebook. It's a, it's a whole thing. $4 billion of profit last quarter. Facebook. Profit. Four billion with a B selling ads it would have been
1: would have been less if they addressed some of the the abuse of their network
0: though it's true
1: so you know we don't want to affect that share price
0: vote Zuck. <laughs> vote Zuck. uh that's it if you again if you are a patreon subscriber patreon uh, what, how, what's the best way to describe the good people of who who contribute on patreon contributor
1: the heroes the
0: heroes that is a, yeah. that is an accurate way patreon make sure you come back or head up to the link that i'm sure is emailed your way uh to the birds all day Patreon page where you can tune in as stoten and i kind of break down mlb trade rumors top 50 mlb free agent predictions for this year um sometimes they you know whatever a uh, you know, a thousand monkeys at a thousand typewriters, but uh, <laughs> there's always something interesting. That I, I don't think. I think uh, actually, Tim, uh, Tim yeah he, he's got the byline on this one. I'm sure it was a bit of a team effort, but there's some insight there. These things don't happen by accident.
1: So you're saying we shouldn't drag Tim too hard in this?
0: No. Oh uh, no, we shouldn't.
1: We and we won't. But uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. We'll do our best. I looked at the list. I saw a couple items on the list. Uh, it's going to be tough. I'm not going to. My
0: elbow reflexively raised more than once reading through the list beforehand. <laughs> but we come here not to not to bury uh, MLBTR King Tim, but to praise him. So that's it. That's going to be Super Bad. This is going to be the the 137th edition of Super Bad. Which uh, again, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, you can again head over to Patreon.com/slash/birdsallday. And uh, and kick us a couple bucks and get that exclusive content and uh, feel good about what you're doing. Uh, because, you know, one day we're all going to be in the Facebook-based matrix and we'll be happy to have been there. And uh, you can read Stoughton, of course, at, uh, at Blue Jays Nation. And he also contributes to Vice, Canada, and The Athletic. So, and all that stuff you can always find. Everything that he has created. And I wrote something for Blue Jays Nation this year. We didn't even talk that's about it right. this week. Yeah. About uh, content marketing, which the Blue Jays are apparently yeah, dabbling they're... in, oddly enough. Yeah, that's fun, right? But fake news, you know?
1: <laughs> well, if it's good enough for the Argos, that uh, really says a lot about how you feel your brand is viewed if you're doing Argos shit.
0: You know, you got to pay to play. So Someone got mad saying that we were, uh, I was advocating for fake news. Which, uh, by the way, fake news, not a real thing. Just two stupid words that a dumb idiot put together (laughs) and then repeated ad nauseum such that people think it's like a thing. It's not a thing. This thing is fake news. There are lies and there are truth. And there are shades of each. Parrot, that clown. Anyway, that's it for this edition of Birds All Day. Uh, For Andrew Stoke, my name is Drew Ferris. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.